0: Hey everyone, this is the uh, podcast, so I'm about to go live on YouTube. If you guys want, are listening to the podcast, you can also watch it on YouTube and uh, just give me that option. On YouTube, it's episode 162 and on the podcast, it's whatever you clicked on. <laughs> All right, we're about to go live. Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome to Know Your Gear QA number 162. That's right, 162 episodes, and uh, we're ready for the next episode. I hope you all had a great week. Uh, it's been an interesting week, as always, in the new climate. It's a, uh, it's a, uh, you know, hey, you, you know, we find joy where we can, work where we can, do what we can. So, uh, before we get started, a couple things to announce if you're first time watching this on YouTube, uh, there is a question, question index in the subject line or subject section of the video. You can click to any question or topic we talked about. You don't have to watch the whole thing. If you don't like to, you can also stream this or download this as a podcast on iTunes or, uh, you know, wherever else you get, uh, wherever else you get a podcast from. Um, and, um, Spotify, you name it. And, uh, what else? Oh, and if you're going to hear watching live and you have a question, please start the question with the question mark first. That way I know you're talking to me. Even if you have a subject that you want to talk about, you can put a question mark first. It lets me know that you're talking to me and not to each other. That, uh, that helps me a lot. And, uh, also if you're new, you're going to keep and also notice I talk fast and drink a lot of water. There's water in my coffee cup. This is my know your gear coffee mug. Um, Which I just discovered, right? Just I would say this is the uh, out-of-print vintage logo. Look at that! So those of you that know what that is, some of you, some of you longtime viewers, listeners will know what that means. This is the logo that looks like the logo we have now, but it's different, and it's never coming back. I did not know I had that coffee cup this entire time. I don't remember buying myself one of the original ones, so I'm glad I did. All right. Uh, what else do we got? Let's start with stuff. First thing I want to talk about is last week, uh, we ended the show with a super chat that I did not get to. So, uh, a very dead horse. I wanted to grab his super chat or hers. You know, a dead horse could be a a female or a male. I don't want to be gender specific on a dead horse. (laughs) Anyways, a very dead horse says, uh, bought a music man silhouette 24 fret with tremolo. Uh, how are they? Do, uh, do they hold value? Do you like them? Um, they hold value better than I would like them to because I really like music man guitars uh, behind me right there. For those of you watching, I'm pointing at it for the podcast people. I'm pointing at a John Petrucci, um, uh, music man guitar that has upgraded DiMarzio, DiMarzio Zio pickups. <laughs> I, I funny, I, uh, you know, it's funny on the DiMarzio five things you don't know about the DiMarzio. I'm doing it again, but I'll explain in a second. Demarzio video. A couple of people said, "Hey, you're saying Demarzio like sh sound, not zio." And uh, what's funny was I went around and started went around and started asking my friends and family members. I go, "Hey, say Demarzio," and I said it with a z. I go, "Say Demarzio," and they said Demarzio. <laughs> so it's apparently, it's how us dumbasses from Arizona say Demarzio. I guess, most of us. Anyways, uh, the point, the important part is I talked on the phone for to Larry DiMarzio for five hours and he never corrected me once. So he's a cool guy for not, uh, for not correcting me. So anyways, uh, DiMarzio. It has upgraded DiMarzio pickups. We should put the Z in there. Um, funny uh, thing that's not in the five things you don't know about DiMarzio video is that the name DiMarzio with a capital M is trademarked. There you go. I didn't put that in the video. I left it out, but I thought it was a fun tidbit to tell you guys later. So sorry about that. Um, so back to uh, their question. Uh, I have a, a Petrucci here. It's used. I love it. I love Music Man guitars. I would lo- love to own more Music Man guitars. Um, and uh, um, But their resale value is pretty good, and they're hard to come across used. You see a few here and there. So... Um, I will get another music man guitar. It's a guitar that I've, I've, I've been thinking about. There's a couple that I want. I want the access pretty bad. Um, because the fact that, uh, one of my favorite bands bowling for soup, they play like the access, uh, guitar. Um, I'm not even sure if that's the one they're playing. It just looks like it. So I think it's the one could be the, could be anything. Could be the Wolfgang style one. I know they're the same. I don't want to get into it right now, but you get the idea. Um, Sometimes when you have to go through the history of these guitars with these companies, it gets a little crazy. Um, But what I was gonna say was, yeah, I like them. So if your question is, what do I think? I think I I like them. I think they do hold value. I think that in current climate and going forward, I think uh, guitars made in the USA are, I wouldn't say good investments, but I'm not gonna, but I'm gonna say they're not bad investments. Um, You know, there are less guitars made in the USA today than there was 10 years ago. And there was less made 10 years ago than there was 20 years ago or 10 years before that. So, um, using that kind of logic, there's going to be less American made guitars. So, um, people are going to collect them. Why? Well, because the same reason we collect Japanese made guitars that are now made in Korea. And some of you guys right now are, it's not about better. It can be, but it's not about in this particular case, it's about the value is always attached to finite resource the less of something there is available, the likelihood that it's going to have more value, not guaranteed, but likely. So for instance, if you want a, a, uh, a type of guitar that they don't make that way anymore, it might have value. So, so there you go. All right. Uh, I saw Justin's, uh, super chat, but hold off. I want to grab, I saw another comment for a second. Just got to figure out which screen I want to pay attention to. Um. Hold on. Maybe I saw... I thought I saw a question, and I didn't. Oh! James Westervelt says, double question mark. Not that that matters. Just thought I'd point it out. Phil, why don't you have a Jazzmaster? I do have a Jazzmaster. I even have a Jazzmaster video. It's a black Jazzmaster. No! Uh, mine's Sunburst now. I should get it out. Uh, I have a made-in-Mexico Jazzmaster in Sunburst that I absolutely love. So... Um, I want a Doheny from G&L. That's where I would like this to go. Uh, I would like to go from the Jazzmaster to the Doheny. Um, there are some changes coming. I'm, I'm letting go a few guitars. I'm getting some new guitars, Doheny. I have a couple guitars that I just curious about, like to check them out and uh you know waiting for the deals and uh when i find them you know I'll acquire something that's interesting and try something new it's always nice to try something new uh i've come across so many guitars just by you know working on them or you know selling them or having this youtube channel and sometimes there's just certain guitars you just don't get your hands on you're just really curious about i really want to try the doheny um but yeah jazz master i love jazz masters i love jazz master pickups um and i specifically like the more p90-esque styled uh made Mexico jazz master pickups that aren't quite jazz master pickups. So there you go. All right. Um it gets a little tricky when you're asking me about guitars because sometimes I don't carry I don't keep them anymore. You know, I don't carry them with me anymore. I let them go. Um but I can't display all the guitars. Uh that's why I made this new room. This is the new display. Um this was based on your guys's feedback. I used to have the room set up to show you a few guitars, a few amps, and a few pedals. And to be honest with you, I got it. Just seemed so ostentatious. Is that is that what I want to say? It just seemed, it just seems braggy. I didn't dig it. And um, you know what it was? A couple of people put comments. Not rude comments by any means. Uh, just nice comments that just felt sad. Like you know you know, they just, uh, you know, I don't know how to say it. They were just like, yeah, I'm not digging it. You know, uh, they're like, I wish I had some nice guitars and stuff like that. And you're like, yeah, you know, I don't need to put this out there. But then I realized this is a gear channel. This over time took me about a year or two. And I decided, you know, you guys really send me a lot of emails asking about certain guitars. And I thought, you know, what if I just put them all behind me? So I believe what you're looking at right now, if you could do the math, somebody could count it for me. I think there's 22 guitars in frame. Um, this room currently has 20, why can't I do the math? (laughs) 24, 27 guitars in here. So you're seeing, you know, 90% of them. There you go. And then, uh, and then I've said this before, but it's maybe it's worth mentioning. I have way less guitars now than I did when I started my YouTube channel. But keep in mind, when I started my YouTube channel, I had a store, and I'm not including the guitars in my store because, I mean, that was a lot of guitars. But uh, just you know, in my collection, it was out of control. Yeah, Dale says he likes the background, seeing nice all the guitars behind you. I, you know what is? I just really. Plus, the other thing happened to me was a lot of times people would really focus their questions into things that I'm not really. Uh, uh, you know, I like talking about, but I'm not versed in, so I'm not heavily versed in pedals. I'm not heavily, heavily versed in uh, certain amplifier stuff. I'm really a guitar tech guitar, reseller, a guitar collector, a gu- you know what I mean? Uh, you know, uh, bases and guitars, um, all the bases in the other room. So John wants to know, uh, three guitars I will never get rid of. That is easy. Uh, it's my, um, uh, PRS, uh, Mira, the main brown one that I haven't had out in a while, but it's in the other room. Um, and my copper strat, which is if I move a certain way, you can see behind me those on the podcast can't see it, but I'm pointing at a copper strat and the somnium guitar. Um, that's if I can only keep three, if I could keep five, you didn't ask that, but I thought maybe we'll add that too. It would be then the GNL behind me on here, the Margarita uh, green one right there. And the, I can't, there's a blue Telecaster. It's green, it's blue. It's a seafoam green. I don't think it's surf green. I think it's seafoam green. I have to remember. Um, so that would be the three. I'm a Fender guy. I think I've been a Fender guy for always. But see how easy it was for me to pick three? Here's why two things, (laughs) two things that you might find interesting. Uh, All these guitars, I have two guitars I play all the time. Both guitars have been refretted. I had to refret both guitars. So imagine I've only had to refret two of my personal guitars in my entire life. And it's my Mira, first Mira and my PRS, not my PRS, my uh, Fender uh, custom shop. Both I had to refret them because I wore the frets out. That's how much i play those two over all these i enjoy these guitars i do i like picking them up playing them trying different things different tunings but i really am a creature of habit i I really just for some reason bonded with those two guitars and it's been that way since i the very first think about this the very first videos i ever did on youtube are those two guitars and it's been that way ever since and that's why i like collecting because i've kind of already found out who i am as a guitar player i found out what i like um you know what i mean those guitars speak to me i play them i enjoy them and then everything else is just about, you know, kind of like experimenting and seeing. And you never know. I might change one day. And sometimes I do go long periods of time without playing those two and playing new stuff. And uh, and I think that's – it's not about me. It's about all of us. And I think what's happened is that I think a lot of you right now are identifying with that. That it's – you know, you find a place that you call home, a guitar, and then, you know, you want to try other things. Because you will get into – a rut. I will find this though. I do find this about those two guitars. One of the reasons I like going back to them is not only do they feel comfortable to me, I play better when I play them. I play really differently. I play more in the pocket of what I, you know what I mean? I'm not really struggling to uh, figure out things. One thing that sucks about being a, uh, a a mid-level, mediocre kind of player, you know, that average type player, is that uh, a lot a lot of the pro players, man, when you hand them all these 20 different types of guitars, they're just, they can do it. They can their their worst day is still really impressive. Me, one of the tricks is man, you give me guitars that are so far in my comfort zone. Sometimes I just can't play on par with what I normally play like. Sometimes I see this a lot in the videos. Somebody will go, oh, you've been practicing a lot, or this sounds better than the last time, or you're just different. And it's really, if you're paying attention, it's really I'm playing the guitars that I'm most comfortable with. It's like my playing style, <laughs> the notes I'm hitting the note, I'm hitting the spot, I'm doing it, I'm nailing it, I'm there. And then when I'm playing some other different kind of vibe guitar, I can only give you my best, you know, you know, my best worst. All right. Uh, I've been ignoring the Super Chats. Let me stop doing that. Let me get to a couple of these Super Chats, especially from Justin. Justin says, what did you say, buddy? He says... Hey, Phil, I'm loving the Blues Junior. Uh, thanks for the recommendation. Oh, I'm glad you love it, man. Uh, me and uh, Justin were talking about this. He was thinking about getting a 65 Deluxe or a Blues Junior. We kind of hashed out the, the pros and cons of both. Obviously, I'm a big fan of both. and uh, But the Blues Junior, it's got some things to really be proud of. It's, it's a lot less expensive than the 65 Deluxe. It's got a very impressive clean channel. I told him that you can output that into a 212 speaker uh, cabinet, which he's got. So, uh, very cool. I'm glad you got it, and I'm glad you're happy with it. Uh, Anthony says, if you just have one amp, something loud, portable for a jam night, takes pedals well, Versal sounds, good at home volumes, what would it be? Your desert island pick, just one. Um this is a question you get a lot, especially YouTubers, you know, or anybody who has a YouTube channel. Um, because I think it's the question we're all curious about where that, that kind of tells you what as a person who they would get. And what I've learned is a little, a little trick for this question. To answer this question. When I mean trick, it's the thing that makes the most sense for me. I, my first thought is always to go through my amp collection and pick the amp. That is the perfect amp for that. But what I realized is, um, no, really what it happens is if you, if you, because you're saying pedals takes pedals, so I'm assuming I get pedals with this amp. If I only got one amp to to do everything with, the Princeton makes me nervous sometimes when you when it needs to be loud. It's not loud enough. So as much as I love my Princeton, that's not going to be the go to. It would probably be uh, like a, a, a Hot Rod Deluxe because that's a very comfortable amp and I like it. I'm always happy with it. I, I in fact when I had my Hot Rod Deluxe, <laughs> when I had my, I used to just have a Hot Rod Deluxe. When I say used to, I mean um two thousand probably nine maybe nine i'm trying to think back there's a few years obviously i had the store i had all these amps in the store but i mean i just at home i had one amp and it was a hot rod deluxe and i was always so happy and then i started messing with the amps again and sometimes when you're happy you should stop but anyways hot rod deluxe i think i'd be i'd be perfectly happy with i'm looking around just in case the second it would be uh the 65 deluxe reverb those two amps I really like and it and I know it's funny because you said pedals if I didn't get pedals I would get the supersonic 22 is what I have and um, that's what I have it It's not my favorite amp by any means, but man, it does clean pretty good. It does distortion pretty good If I don't have pedals, I feel pretty comfortable with that amp. It's it's light enough to carry There's a lot of things to like about that amp uh, Ben's question was just bought a new epiphone 1955 les paul for 539. Have you played it? I haven't um So in 1955, Les Paul, like reissue from Epiphone. I haven't, you know, that was the one thing I thought that was going to happen this year, finally, was I was going to try Epiphone's out. You know, I put it as a a focus for the year. I think we talked about beginning of the year that I said this year, I was going to, I was planning to put at least one Epiphone review in each month, right? Have 12, you know, 10 to 12 Epiphone reviews of the year, talk about the product and then COVID. So no Epiphone reviews. Not only can, uh, not only can I not reach out to Gibson to send any, um, they sent the one Lizzie Hale, but as you guys know, that was a, they got that out. That was really kind of them, really hard for them to do. They barely got it to me in time. And then I, I, you know, I had to sit on it for a couple months cause they had no way to in process it back. So, um, no, I'd like to put my hands on more Epiphone's. My goal this year, wait, it's gone now. My goal this year was, so so I'm down to three, (laughs) down two, but I have three less Pauls. So uh, behind me, you see the gold top, you see the uh, light classic, which is thin. It's a thin body one. And then I have the standard that you've seen in a lot of videos. My goal this year was to sell the standard and buy an Epiphone. Um, Because there's so many things I like about the Epiphone's more than the Gibsons and vice versa, I thought, hey, you know what? I never really bonded with that one. It's like 13 pounds. It's heavy. The standard I have, it has a beautiful top. It's a good looking guitar sell it. And I thought it'd be fun video to watch, you know, to watch the logic of what and see what happens. Right. Um, how much did I get the, for the, the Gibson Les Paul, and then take a percentage. I was thinking about like, sell it for like 1500 bucks and then try to find a great, you know, Epiphone for six, 700 bucks. You know what I mean? New. And, um, but there's nowhere to go. There's it's COVID. I might do it online. It's just tough. You know what I mean? The biggest problem right now is like a lot of, a lot of you right now, a lot of you are in a lot of situations out there, but one of the situations that some of you in since COVID happened is you're working twice as much. I'm in that situation right now. I I work way more now. I've worked way more since COVID has started than I've ever worked. Uh, well, not ever in my life, but you know, (laughs) I mean, you know, in a while it's nuts. So, um, Okay, so what else? Oh, uh, I know there's more Super Chats. Well, I'm just kind of poking around to see what subjects you guys are talking about. See if there's interesting. Jason says, wouldn't you keep the guitar Ola gave you? Well, I'd keep it because I'm not going to get rid of it. It's right behind me, right there. But if you're asking me which guitars I play, that's the guitars I play. Uh, I love the the Solar. In fact, it's... um, For the type of guitar it is, it's my favorite guitar. Um, in fact, it's really probably helped me a lot in some situations cause I've played some other shredder type guitars that are like that, that I, I was like, Oh, I need this. I was like excited about it. And then I thought, you know what? I got that solar it just kills. It's awesome. So yeah, I'll, I'll never get rid of the solar. So, you know, a lot of these guitars behind me, that's exactly what they are. They're sentimentals to some, to some degree. They are a collection of guitars that have these are a lot of these are guitar experiences uh, than so much guitars for me. So some of them just have moments in time that are just something special happened or something happened that's just cool. Okay, um let me get back, hold on to the screen. What are we talking about? I'd like to I'd like to take a moment and tell you guys how much I appreciate you, the 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 community that we have. With everything, the climate going on right now, the idea that we can sit here and just talk about guitars is just amazing to me. Um, like all of you, uh, my week is not always about just talking about guitars. I wish it was, but some other stuff going on. And I'm glad that when we come here, it's like, we're talking about the thing we love. It's where we get to vent out and have some fun and I appreciate that. I hope you guys uh, are enjoying it cuz I enjoy that we get to just talk about the thing that's that that's that we all have in common that we love. Uh Steven says, "Hello Phil, have you gotten into boutique handmade guitar picks? There are some crazy materials being used like I'm going to try and say them vespel, uh, torlin, torlin. Uh I don't even know what that one is. U H M W M P, Umpy and peck, peak. I'm going to say peak." I wonder if that's just extra for the sake of extra. Um, I haven't done a whole lot of that. You know, my guitar, uh, one of my instructors, guitar teachers, Matt, he's got into some of those really exotic picks and he loves them. And, uh, I've, you know, he's let me play one for a moment and I might have a two, you know, one or two weird, uh, strange, you know, material type picks, you know, but not commonplace picks. I haven't really got into them too much. Um, no particular reason. It just, just haven't done it. So Very interesting, though. Very interesting subject. Um, I do want to say, though, that I really believe that the type of pick can not only change, of course, you're playing and the way you play, but it changes the sound of the guitar. To to sit there and, and, and to just hear sometimes when you hit a string with a pick, especially on acoustic guitars, sometimes, man, just the the tone that you get from a style of material um and i and the reason i say this is because i am uh, uh i've had this problem for many years where a lot of the picks that i love to hold the way they feel comfortable the the material does works balance as well with my uh my uh, uh, i say skin type i very I have dry hands so if you guys some of you guys have sweaty hands i have very dry hands um and um and, uh, in fact, my hands are so dry that when I go to the grocery store, I can't open, um, I think I've said that before. I can't open those, uh, plastic bags, like in the produce section, you know, when you do that thing with a plastic bag, I can't, my hands are so, um, like dry <laughs> that they don't, that, that like I just slip across the plastic. Um, so the reason I tell you that is some, you know, everybody has different, uh, makeups of their skin. Some have oily skin, some have dry skin, some have, you know, they sweat, their hands sweat a lot. Um, and so different materials feel different and have pleasing you know outcomes uh with different skin types and the problem i have is a lot of the picks that work great with my hands i don't like the way they sound um and that's definitely a preference is to your ear so uh, i understand where you're coming from the exotic picks i'm always interested by that um i i kind of move around i'm looking at picks now i kind of move around with picks to see what i like if you notice obviously with the um The uh, Master 8 picks and the uh, Dava picks. Uh, You'll notice the trend for me is to use some kind of rubberized pick. I use these Herco picks. Uh, This is another pick I use, and I've been using this pick for a long, long time. Whoops. I don't know if I can get it to focus. This is the Herco pick. Some of you guys that are Eddie Van Halen fans will see it. They make this exact pick with the EVH logo, Eddie Van Halen's picks are these a little trick. If you don't notice for some reason, even though they say they're the exact same, they are different. The EVH ones bend a little more than the, than the actual Herco branded pick, even though I think it says it's the same thickness. So I use the Herco branded, not the EVH one. I have the EVH, EVH ones. I don't like them as much. Um, and this is very rough. Do that on the microphone. Can you hear that? Um, it's like sandpaper. And then I use those, um, what are these called? These are the, um, those hand, those hand done picks by, um, Dunlop. And the same thing, these picks, same thing, have this rough kind of material. So I like materials that are like sandpaper or rubbery, something grabs my fingers. Otherwise they slip right out. So, and then I've tried, so, you know, uh, I've tried like the, you can add rubber to, to picks and you can scratch your picks up with sandpaper. All that stuff works for me. It's fine. I, you know what I mean? It's just just stuff you try. Um I do still like the DAVAs, but though I wear the tips off the DAVAs really fast. So yeah, E.R. Webster says no DAVA picks. No, I still use them. It's just what happens is it depends. Sometimes I play so much, I just wear those down so fast. And I reached out, you know, I've tried to find out about that. I'm looking through picks right now. And um you know, instead of like, hey, you know, trying different materials, the Dava guys, they don't seem to acknowledge that that's an issue, even though I've talked to a lot of people and it seems to be a lot of issues. A lot of you guys that bought Dava picks because of my recommendation that love them said the same thing. Some of you guys don't have do any, if you don't have any issues, keep with it. Um, some of you guys said the same thing as me. You love the way they feel, love them, but, uh, but uh, you wear the tip off too fast. It, it, it goes down. Grubby Mike says, I've been using v picks. Um V picks. I don't. I have some V picks. I have uh, the red rocker uh, is my favorite. Um, I have these are the gravity picks, which are like V picks. Um, I reached out. Vinny is the guy who owns V picks. I reached out to him. Actually, back, back up. He reached out to me and asked me if I was interested in demoing any picks. And I was really curious because I like the red rocker pick, but um, I wanted something a little bit different, like a blue or a, a green, something a little flashy. And I asked him if he did the uh, red rocker in different colors. And He's so funny. He just sent me back an email and he's like, it's called the Red Rocker. I'm like, yeah. Um, so yeah, same thing. These materials are, are, are great. Um, I have so many picks. <laughs> I used to think I had a lot of picks before I started doing YouTube and you do YouTube videos and reviews and stuff. Picks will show up. The, so a lot of picks show up and, and, uh, you get to try a lot of different stuff. Uh, Ray says, do you still have that Sh- Shiji guitar? Shiji. Uh, I do. Any plans for some other Chinese guitar reviews? Um, well, yes and no. I mean, China is, I don't want to say it's shut down, but it's kind of shut down. And what I say by that is like, um, I mean, it's shut down. Um, I actually have a, a really nice made in China guitar here at the house. And the problem is, is that it's the review was supposed to be com- was supposed to come out May 15th, April, April 15th. And they asked me to push it back to May 15th. And then I stopped. I haven't heard anything. It's not a Chinese company, but it's a made in China guitar. So obviously a lot of guitars are made in China. So, um, so I'm the reason I'm telling you that is there seems to be a lot of products that I, I I was sent to review or do videos of and they're made in China. And all of a sudden they, they're telling me not to show them because I'm sure they can't supply any demand, uh, for them or they were supposed to be sent to me and they didn't show up. So I'm assuming there seems to be issues there. So it it seems to be the case. Um, it's a part of it, you know, it's part of the, the thing it's a different time right now. Think about this. A couple weeks ago, I talked about the fact that I bought a BC rich, uh, guitar used one. I bought that from a a seller in Canada. It's now been 22 days. Is that correct? I think so. 22 days. And it's still not out of Canada yet. That it's, it's moved like one city. (laughs) So it's moving slow, but it's moving. Um, so yeah, so really, really crazy, right? Crazy times. Crazy times. And so you guys uh, and so you guys know, everybody has, uh, again, different opinions about where guitars are made. I don't try to tell you guys my opinions about what I think about guitars are made so much, but I will tell you what I, will, what I try to do. I try to, to demo and review all kinds of products. Uh, from the glary stuff that's super cheap to, you know, a Nags guitar that's very expensive. Um, The goal I try to do for the channel is to be, in my mind, like a car review channel. Like, here's the new 2021 Honda Civic, and then here's a Lamborghini. You can't afford the Lamborghini, but here's one. And here's a, you know, a used Chevette, (laughs) right? You know what I mean? Just kind of give you a, a spectrum of guitars. I always find it funny how Seems to be angry. People get. I find that no matter what you do, you're going to upset somebody. It's always interesting in the psychology of it, and um, the live shows are about talking about more of this, that part of this, the guitar experience. So maybe this is a good time to mention this. It's kind of funny to me. I'll do a guitar. It's like a five thousand dollar guitar, and I, there's so many people have so much visceral reactions to that. They're angry, hostile, just hostile. Oh my God, no guitar is worth five thousand dollars, and they're so mad. And I'm like, okay well, don't buy one. (laughs) I'm not going to buy one, but I like talking about them. And then same thing, you do a guitar, it's like a hundred dollar guitar. And the negativity then goes to like, oh, that's just junk. And how could you, you know, support junk guitars? And so it's funny to me, I'm like, and I don't know if maybe there's a miscommunication. Let me, let me explain it to you this way, how boring of a channel this would be if it was left up to me to just talk about what only what I care about. Essentially, I would talk about strats all the time and tellies, it would be the Strat and Telly show. I would say, I'm looking at a Telly right now. That's how silly this is. So, um, that's where I'm, uh, that's where I like to play. So, so it's funny. Like I, so I try to get, uh, try to be diverse in the, in the, uh, types of guitars and, and products we talk about. Okay. Uh, what else do we got? We have... We have er er Webster says recently got a GNL tribute Doheny, uh, love feel and sound but trim arm loosens over time. Added a spring, tried the plumber's tape, no luck. Suggestions: um, the trick is I'd have to know what trim is on that, and I do not know. So I'm going to look real quick to see if I can visually see it you're saying plumber's tape so i don't know if it's a push and tremolo or if it's going to show me um, obviously the reason is is the GNL bridge now if i recall from what i learned from GNL is i thought that the bridge on that guitar is an import but it's an import version of their bridge and so the million dollar question i have for you buddy is looking at it and i can't find the angle that i want on the online and so i can't share with you guys what I'm looking at because I can't see the angle I need um, it looks to me like it should have an Allen screw on the back of the trim let me let me see come on view image I just want to make I just want to see the back of the tremolo so I'm trying to see a picture I'm sorry you guys are bored while I'm talking about this but This is kind of interesting i cannot see um a close enough picture no one's got really cool pictures online of the back of the tremolo it's all front facing um but i'm assuming there's an allen wrench adjustment on that on that back of that bridge so what i would suggest as i click through these pictures to see if i can confirm that for you buddy is to look behind it for an allen screw hole a screw for the allen wrench to go into and i mean i'm looking at it and from the side it looks like it's there you know what i mean it looks like a, it looks like something i just can't get a close-up picture i can't find a close-up picture on the internet uh to see but let me go back to the main page in case you guys are finding it. Um, but what I was going to say is, I would definitely, uh, I would definitely uh, suggest that you look for that either on the main shaft uh, or where the tremolo goes in, or underneath the bridge. When, in other words, pull the tremolo, pull the bridge back so at an angle, and look at the block. Um, there might be an Allen wrench adjustment uh, screw that puts a little pressure on that. So that's what I would try and look for first. Before I would try mod. Uh, 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 what do you call it? Uh, before I would do any of those other mods. So there's, there's that I'll look into it though. I'll see. Like I said, okay. Um, next we have, what else we have? Greg K says, Hey, I, uh, guitar, a guitarist here. I want a bass to learn, uh, for tracking. Okay. 30 inch scale. Good for guitarists. These okay. Sterling, Stingway, Gretsch. I like shorter. Yeah. So he's talking about the micro, uh, by Ibanez, the Tallman, the Bronco, the Mustang by Fender, 30 inch scale. Of course. I like the 30 inch, 32 inch scale bases, um, for guitar. Um, the reason is, is because I don't think it changes the tone too much. I like to look at a 32 inch from a 34 inch scale bass, no different than a Les Paul to Strat and scale length. It has almost no sound difference at all. Uh, it's very minor. 30-inch scale, like I think, said, does change the sound because you've now you've, you've shortened the scale enough. Uh, usually what I, I tell people is the sound that I hear, depending on the style of bass, but mostly you hear the G-string, the high strings become plumpier and, and the notes become fatter and, and nicer when you're playing single notes, and the low E is less boomy. But again, the great thing about a bass is it's a very easy thing to EQ or fix, especially when recording. But what I've, what I've kind of expressed to guitar players especially is if you're not going to spend a crap ton of time trying to learn the bass, um, go ahead and, uh, just get the shorter scale bass, do the recording and enhance any of the, uh, the sound of the bass with the EQing. No one will know, no one. It's done all the time. Okay. It's done all the time and no one knows. Um, and, uh, and what's great about that is it's, it helps you have more control when you're playing. So, um, so there you go okay what else do we got I'm a big fan of the short-scale base obviously that's what I'm trying to say and you can find them for a good deal Uh, let's see hold on I'm trying to look for any question marks first Uh, Mike, I'm going to answer your question just because of the rule of the channel. Mike says, hey, should he buy a cost-friendly Harley Benton telly? He wants a Tele, but I'm, he's poor currently. Uh, yeah, Well, whenever you ask if you should buy a guitar, I'm going to say yes. That's <laughs> the answer on the channel. But no, of course, uh, the Harley Benton affordable tellies. Like I said, I really like Harley Benton at the lowest price points. I think it always impresses me. the When I see Harley Bittens for $150, $200, I'm always impressed by them. Whatever issues I come across are so minor that I'm just like, wow, that's fine. It's when the Harley Bentons get three, four, four, $400 that I'm like, it's not that they're not good. It's just all of a sudden I'm like, eh, I'm less impressed because because I'm aware of the fact that if you buy three, $400 Harley Benton, you understand you're getting closer and closer to more of a, a I want to say a lifetime guitar. Now, Harley Benton is a good quality guitar. You have to understand that when 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 we're talking about guitars, a piece of wood with some metal on it, we're talking about stuff that just isn't really throwaway junk. It's stuff that you keep forever. Okay. Um, I I think I told you this story. uh, And and if I haven't, uh, I know I told it so long ago that a lot of you guys won't remember it. But I remember this girl came into my store once. Um, She couldn't have been more than, you know, 20. I mean, you know, I'm a dad. So girls either look like they're they're 35 or they look like they're 12 like it's just hard right so so um she looked young and she came in the store this is important to the story her age so she comes in the store and she has these two guitars and one's kind of beaten up and the other one's kind of you know just a little old guitar and she brings the guitars to the counter and usually when you see these kind of older guitars like this old beatle guitars and somebody brings them in and they look a little lost in the music store you you can always tell someone it's first somebody's first time in a music store like you know what's, what's this place, you know? And, uh, she comes up to the counter and she puts the guitars on the counter and she goes, um, my grandfather passed away and I inherited these guitars and I'm like, okay. And she's like, and I don't play guitar. And she goes, I'm not gonna. And I go, okay. So I'm thinking, okay, she wants to sell these guitars. And she goes, so I want to give these guitars to you guys so you can give them away to somebody. And I'm like, okay. And she goes, cause my grandfather said that guitars never go bad that you just, you can fix them up. They just, there's no reason to ever throw a guitar away. And she's like, these look beat up. My mom was going to throw them away. This is why the age of the important story. And she said, my mom was going to throw them away. And I told my mom, I go, no, grandpa said you never throw guitars away, that they're always good. And so I said, okay. So she, uh, left them and I, uh, when I had free time, I fixed them up and, um, my wife did something with them. I think she, you know, she usually found students that couldn't upgrade or something like that. Or maybe someone came in and they had like a $100 gift for lessons, but no guitar and stuff. And they wanted to rent a guitar because we rented guitars. And she just let them have something like that. But the point of the story is, is sometimes when we're talking about Harley Benton's and stuff. I don't want to ever give the impression that the cheaper guitars don't have this lifetime value. There's just, you got to understand, there's a cynical part of me of the buying and reselling education part of the guitar player that knows that what guitars churn. In other words, they don't keep. So uh, inexpensive guitars are great, but typically guitar players churn them. That's why we see them sold so many times, times over. So, um, and to be honest with you, uh, there's no reason to get rid of a, a guitar like that. A Harley Benton guitar, you could buy that and be happy for the rest of your life. You don't even have to upgrade it. Sharp Max videos, when, we, when I mod them up, you don't need to mod guitars up. Guitars are are good the way they are, but... It's not about that. It's more, this is an emotional thing. It's not a, it's not a, uh, you know, it's not a practical thing. Like I said before, this is all because we enjoy this like music. Practicality isn't, isn't part of it. Mm. Maybe that was too far to say it isn't part of it. It's just not the majority of it. Curious to see. I'm always curious what you guys think about stuff like that. Yeah, see, Jason says, kind of like cars, but cars get junk. Well, that's the whole point. That's what I'm trying to say. The guitars, very very few of them wear out. Generally speaking, the guitars that are built inexpensively, that have lower graded parts that don't last as long, don't get played as hard as some professional guitar players will play the the more pro-level guitars and beat them up. Um... Yeah. Dell said, yeah, see, he's like the story because no guitar should be thrown away. I, I, You know, what's funny is when she came in and said it to me, I was just like, I just thought it was great. It was a cool story. Right. I just thought because I you know what it was. I pegged the whole thing wrong. I thought she was coming in to sell us a couple guitars. You know what I mean? And and I just thought the whole thing was endearing. and I thought it was cool. And it really kind of changed my perception of like, yeah, you know what? This is kind of lifetime product. We buy this for for, you know, and and to be honest with you, uh, sometimes guitars, and I, I've said this before, I've said this before about adopting. I've said, I've, I know for a fact, I said, I've w- used the word adopting guitars. I've walked into music store. You guys, some of you guys have experienced this. You ever walk into music store and there's a guitar there and it's so underpriced for what it is that you can't believe no one's bought it. So then you like adopt it, you buy it. Cause you're like, I have to buy it. It was such a cool guitar for the price. And then you're like, why did I buy this guitar? <laughs> Um, but my point about the, using the word adoption for guitars is kind of funny because that's sometimes how I feel about guitars. They're like adopting like animals almost because you you they don't go bad. You're know, right. Well, I guess animals, you know, eventually pass away. It's a weird analogy I went for. Let me take all that back and start with this. What I'm trying to say is you, you buy a guitar, it's going to last forever. <laughs> I went really weird on that one. <laughs> so... All right, let me, so you guys did some super chats. Let me hop over to this side, see what you guys are hitting me with. Uh, let's see. Uh, Will says, happy Friday. Are you still digging the Thornbuckers after 10 years as a single coil guy? They have converted me to humbuckers. Interesting that you would put it that way. So obviously having the Somnium guitar, being able to try pickups uh, over and over again, I was able to try the Thornbuckers, and I learned something about them. Uh they are, I, I used to compare them, in, before even comparing them, I should say, I would compare them, I would verbally tell you guys, they remind me of a lot of the uh, Eric Johnson Demarzio humbuckers that, uh, DiMarzio with a Z, uh, DiMarzio humbuckers, um, because they're so uh, low output. And uh, the Thornbuckers, what's interesting about them is not that they're low output, because I, I never really tested them, so they could be higher output than, I, than I'm perceiving them. But here's what I want to tell you about Thornbuckers. Comparing them in the in the guitar to other pickups what I figured out about them The magic of them is they sound exactly like single coils. They have a very single coil tone They just don't have any noise and they sound like really fat single coils, but not p90s I know a p90 is like a fat sounding single coil. That's not what the thornbuckers sound like. It's an interestingly voiced pickup um it, and here's why at first I was like, as much as I liked that pickup, I was a being it to other pickups and every pickup I was like, man, this Thornbuckers are thin, they're thin. And I was like, ah, oh. and you, you know, and I told you, that's the know your gear thing. The whole thing about keep going until you really understand it, what you're, what you're, what you're playing with. Right. And at first, my first reaction was, man, I used to like the Thornbuckers. Why are they so thin? Oh, every pickup I'm plugging in, man, it's just so much fatter and has bigger tone to it. And then I started going the other way because I can with the guitar. I started comparing it to th- single coils. And then instead, instead of hearing a thin humbucker, I, sa- I heard this amazing single coiled like tone. And then when I think about Pete and the way he plays, I go, yeah, that makes sense, right? It makes sense. So, um, yes, I'm still digging the Thornbuckers, still have them. Um, and uh, now that I have that, uh, uh, that experience of them, I kind of feel like I'm, I can more articulately, articulately, uh, it tell you guys what I think you, that's the whole point of this guitar challenge. I should, I'm not trying to get too sidetracked. The whole point of this guitar pickup thing is to, is for me to educate myself as much as possible so that when you ask these questions, maybe I could give you some insight. What I can tell you is if you're thinking about getting some Sir Thornbuckers, they are the type of humbucker you want. If you love, if you have a trouble trying to find a humbucker that you like as much as a single coil, but don't want a single coil, that's a Thornbucker. That's what I would recommend that for. And I would also, also, if you're not into the Thornbucker, well, you're into them, but you get the, also keep in mind, there's the DiMarzio, uh, Eric Johnson set. And I think those are both comparable sets to each other. They're not going to sound exactly alike, but they're just going to do the same thing. So yes, I still like them. And that's who I'd recommend them to. And that's, and I feel good about that now. Um, you know, before you guys would ask me questions about pickups and everybody seems to give advice on pickups based on nothing like I used to do it too, uh, you know, I heard, I've heard of JB and I like it and yeah, and I heard this, but now actually being able to compare pickups in real time and the amount of cross repa- uh, uh, you know, experiment that I have done, I'm by far not saying I'm an expert of this, but man, can I really kind of help articulate now a lot of things that I couldn't really quantify before. So, so yeah, my knees hurt. <laughs> uh, says, uh, <laughs> sorry, when I hear my knees hurt, I picture like an 80 year old person, just like my knees hurt, you know, uh, like not the, you know, you get the idea anyways. Uh, it says, uh, uh, Thornbuckers are uh, expensive. Uh, yeah, uh, they are, but keep in mind the, 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 um, the, um, the interesting thing about those kind of pickups for me is although they feel like very expensive, when you think about how his guitar is like a $3,600 guitar, basically thirty-three dollars guitar, you can get the heart and soul of that guitar and stick it in your other guitar. I tried for, 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 for us, I tried for us to convince Pete Thorne when I was on a bus ride with him that he should put a set of P, a Thornbuckers in a, in a Mexican made Strat and do a video And, uh, he wasn't biting, (laughs) but I told him, I go, it'd be the best video you ever did. It would be great because we would be able to hear, you could compare your guitar to the Mexican strat with your pickups. And, and there's no downside. Some people would think the Mexican strat sounded as good and they'll buy your pickups. And some people are like, no, his guitar sounds better and they'll buy your guitar. I said, there's really no downside for the most part. The, so I don't know. There you go. Um, Uh, slim Pick says are you going to film your build the whole thing i think you're talking about the um the uh, build challenge we talked about this before i'm on the build challenge to do the kit guitar for crimson guitars um the, the answer the easy answer is yes it's not whether or not I'll film the whole thing. I film everything. None of my videos are short. None of them. Um, my average, not even, not even like a sharp axe video. Let's get just, just to a uh, the, uh, the silly videos that are like five minutes long, like a, a review video that's eight minutes. If you see an eight minute review video, that's at least two hours of footage. Um, I film all my videos the same way. It's called, I call it long form, uh, to to review. If I was to review this, uh, well, this, uh, green PRS right now, what I would do is I turn on the camera and I would talk and go over it. And when I'm done, I look up the clock and it's been like an hour and a half of me talking. And then I do the, the demo and the demoing is about another 30 minutes, you know, right? So there's like a two hour video. And then I edit that down to like six minutes. Um, which is why my editing has come such a far way over the years, because at first everybody's going, and your editing's all over the place. I'm like, Well, it's chopped because I'm literally taking it's like I'm giving you the greatest hits of a video. I take a two-hour video and I pick the greatest hits of it and I put it together. It's like I made a two-hour video for people with ADD. Um, because I i I'm, I'm I understand, and so you guys know, any of you guys new to making content on YouTube, let me tell you a little secret. It's not attention span. That's what everybody says. Oh, people have short attention spans, can't make a video long. No, it's people can't remember anything. So if I tell you 20 things about an instrument, you're only gonna remember two or three things anyways. So what happens is, is there's a saying in sales, confuse them before you close them. In other words, you don't wanna give people too much information, then they just, somebody comes in to buy a guitar and you tell them 6,000 things about guitars and they're like, you gave me a lot to think about. I think I'm gonna go home and think about it and they don't buy anything. So in sales, you learn that you have to give people exactly the information they need so they can make an informed decision and pull the trigger. When I make videos, I'm trying to do the same thing. I'm trying to give you the core of it. And that's why sometimes you're like, hey, you didn't talk about this and talk about that. I did, or I, maybe I missed it, but most time I did and I chopped it out. And I hate that I chopped it out, but I did it because I really wanted to focus on something else. So that being said, on a build video, like when I did the beer caster, there was like 14 hours of footage. The video, um, <laughs> the longest video I've ever edited is the Sharpen My Axe where I had Tim from Atomic Guitars, uh, do the, the, the neck repaint because I gave him a GoPro and a bunch of SD cards and he filmed everything. And then he handed me this and it was, uh, I want to say it was 12 hours of editing, it was a six hour day, and then no, it was like so a six hour day, a four hour day, and then yeah, two hour day. So it was 12 hours of editing. I spent 12 hours in front of a computer editing down that video down to 28 minutes. That was crazy. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I'll film it all and then I'll chop it up, and then what you get. Um, the whole point of doing the Know Your Gear, if you notice, I built I'm building up the Know Your Gear, the second channel is to experiment with maybe long form videos and put them out and stuff like that. Um, we'll see, we'll see, okay, Uh, what else, we have, the next question is, it's from Grumpy Mike, and he says, and why not, I don't know, and why not, I think he means the super chat, why not, thank you, Mike, I appreciate the tip, the, uh, the uh, Tito, Tito says, uh, hats off to Roy Harper. Happy 79th birthday. See, I made an 80s joke. You're 79. So you're not 80 yet. So you don't have to worry about your knees hurting yet. Uh, 79, congratulations. That's an impressive, impressive feat. Um, it's funny, no matter how old you are or young you are, age is relative, right? Um, I, I used to think 79 was old. I now think 79 is young. It's really strange. To, to that, how life changes you, uh, in that manner. So, um, I'm uh, impressed with somebody who's 79 years old, but I also don't, I used to look at it and like, you know, Hey, wait, uh, you know, that's old, but it's not. So happy birthday. Uh, Pete Matthew says, um, put Thornbuckers in a Godin as good as a sir exclamation point. So he's affirming it. Um, well, that's my whole point, right? My whole point is is that uh, you know, a lot of the tone of the Pete Thorne guitar is the Thornbuckers. It's not everything. Like I said, I played I've played Pete's guitar. Everybody knows that when I did the first GitCon, I reviewed it with him and then uh, I took it and played it for a little while. And I played his actual guitar. I say that only just to give you a reference. Not only have I played the guitar, because I played one off the shelf and then I played his. They played the same, by the way. Um is, uh, it was a great guitar. It was fantastic. And like I said, one of the best guitars I've ever played in my life. Absolutely. Like I said, I, I want the blue one. Still, I keep thinking about it. (laughs) It's not the price. The price is crazy, but you know, when it comes to certain prices, you could just ditch off some guitars and go that route. It's just, you know, it's, it's to me, it's not just the price factor. It's the price plus usage I don't like the idea of spending a lot of money on a guitar. I don't think I'll use. And as much as I think I'd enjoy the, the Pete Thorne guitar, uh, I don't think I'd play it all the time. Cause again, I just kind of play a basic strat. I think the, the surf for, for me, if I ever go, sir, I'm going to go Sur Classic a strat style guitar. So, but I have, so just say, you know, just so you know, just so you know, is the sign on just so you know, I like that sign on you guys are, you know, what? everybody sign ons is getting normal again. No weird license plate stuff. Just so you know, it says, have you discussed the Squire Paranormal? Uh, I placed a uh, a Tornado Lake Placid on order. Uh, I just saw something about this uh, guitar. Uh, And I need to refresh my memory. And I'll share the picture with you guys on on the YouTube. Uh, Yes. No. So there's a bunch of them. There is a bunch of them. Did Ryan is 60 second hum disc get one? That's probably where I saw it. I think he just got one. Did he get this blue one? I think he did. I didn't watch his video yet. It was working. But I saw it. It comes up in my feed. So um I I think if this is the guitar you're talking about, let me share with you guys. Uh screen share. And then application window and then this thing. This thing! Da-da-da! I'm only clicking on this one because this is the one I saw um Ryan talk about. And and, uh, I believe that's the color. He could have had something else different because it could have been just two things I'm putting together in my head. Like I could have saw, you know, the Paranormal Guitars. Uh, And then, uh, yeah, there's different ones it looks like. Like this one. Very cool. I dig this. Yeah, I really dig it. Um, Like I said, I I saw... I saw what a lot of you saw. I saw a couple pop up on YouTube. Um, I don't have... As much as... It's weird. It's a strange but weird thing. Without a doubt, I have more Fenders than any other guitar, and I play Fenders more than any guitar. um, And I'm... in fact the only shirt I wear more than know your gear shirts is the fender shirts but I don't uh, but I don't have a, a really a good working relationship with fender and what you mean by goodbye I mean they don't they're not I'm not on their radar as a channel um, and uh, and uh, maybe because they're try maybe they assume you guys are all fender guys and they don't want the market i I don't know so uh, but I I'm like I said I'm looking at a new fender like I said I'm looking at a new fender right now. <laughs> So, um, but yeah, that's a cool, interesting guitar. Very cool. I'll have to watch, uh, I'll watch Ryan's video tonight to see if he had it. Or maybe it was just on Instagram, but I know I saw it. It just seemed familiar. Um, Dan C says, Dan C says, have you swapped your AZ pickups yet? I have not. I have not done it yet. So, um, filming videos for you guys to see coming out. Obviously I did a Sharp Max this week. There's another Sharp Max that's coming out. There's actually three more. Um, cause I did four, uh, I, when I do the sharp Maxes, I kind of do them all around the same time. And then I parcel them out when I when I do them. Um, because they take, they, they are, they are definitely edit suckers. Um, because there's so many, like, you know, I need a closing angle and I do this stuff. And, and uh, a lot of times, believe it or not, <laughs> like it happens on the sharp maxes. Um, all, um, all of them seem to have this at least once in some, some scenario in all of them where when I'm editing, there's something that I, it's, don't have footage of and I have to actually take the guitar apart or do something and then show you guys again. So really strange. Um, I'm a one man show. (laughs) So what happens is uh, when I'm working on these and filming them, I have to use a stationary camera and I'm looking through the camera lens and I'm trying to make sure. And then sometimes I bump the camera. Sometimes the camera changes focus. There's all kinds of stuff that goes on. There's a reason why no one who does uh, you know, any kind of repair, most of the repair shows I see on YouTube that are guitar channels usually use a a stagnant fixed camera and they don't give you all the zoom ins and all the close ups and stuff. And I really feel like a lot of times when I'm trying to show you guys something, I'm really trying to show you guys in case you're curious on how to do it. So I need to go back to that and do that. Um, okay. Hold on a second. Uh, Oh, here's a great question. And they only, uh, so here's a, D- David has a question says, any tips on installing new pickups in a PRS hollow body 2 SE adding a coil split as well? Yes, I have a video. I'm okay. So here's, here's where I'm hosed. <laughs> I'm hosed. I don't know how to explain it. I don't even know why I'm using the word host. I have a guitar that I can't show you guys that I did the review of and then I did a Sharp of my axe on that's what threw up all the Sharp of my Axes was that was the I had it planned the video was coming out then the next week was going to be the Sharp Max of that guitar to help you guys understand it's a hollow body mod to show you guys how you can install pickups in a hollow body with coil splitting and all the stuff super easy with just buying a couple parts off Amazon and making your life awesome. And I can't show you the guitar. I'm not authorized to show the guitar yet. It's not officially out. It's because of COVID. It's not even exclusive. I have like a. I say pile. That's exaggerating. I have like four things that I've had since since right after Nam. Nam, but stuff comes out of Nam. I got my hands on it. Do some videos. COVID locked me down. It's just just how it's just what it is, man. So I'll, if I can't get that video out in the next week or two, I'm going to have to figure out how to edit it and cut it in and do something to show you that, uh, thing. But yes, um, yes, because, because exactly, I know that's a question everybody has is how do you do that? And there's two ways to do hollow bodies besides one, besides fishing everything out and doing it the old way, which is, you know, and then there's a new way. And I actually stole this idea from Framus. I was in the Frames guitar factory and I was watching them wire a hollow body. And when I watched them wire it, I I swear, I I was like, of course. It was like an aha moment. Why don't we all do that? Why aren't all guitars made that way? Hollow bodies makes total sense. Um, uh, So I don't know. I'll get get it out. Somehow I'll get it done. If I can't get it out, I'll just pick a different hollow body and just do it again on another hollow body and then call it a day. Um, All right. Uh, sometimes the thing about sucks about the live show is we talk about all the stuff that I'm going to do or I haven't done and it. All it does is frustrate you and me. So I don't don't know what to do. All right. Let's, uh, let's, uh, let's jump to some more questions, more stuff, more topics. Uh, This is Matt. Wells says, Hey, Phil, probably buying an all gold Gibson custom SG and might want to refinish it. Vintage cherry. Why? Why? But I don't know what, wood looks like underneath the finish so on my hesitant advice don't do it don't do that don't don't do that don't <laughs> that's the easy answer don't do it um and i you know what it is it, this is this is never not going to go it's luke skywalker this is not going to go the way you think that's probably not the actual quote but i like it anyways uh don't do it um first of all uh, Here's why, because the Gibson SG in gold is a unique color and it's going to have some value. Sell it, take the money and uh, put it, put it towards getting a uh, cherry, vintage cherry. uh, Think about this. The vintage cherry SG is the most common one. It's the easiest one to get. So here's my advice, Matt. Take, take your unique SG, sell it, take the money and then, oh no, find some guy to trade it on uh, Craigslist or something. Put it out there for trade. Somebody will do it. Uh, I love all those unique SGs out there. Those pale and blues and they're, Oh man, the ones that Chicago music did the mustard yellow. I'm, I don't know the exact colors, but there's like the army green, the mustard. Yellow, I love that stuff. Um, so that's what I would do. And the reason why is this, you're going to strip off all that lacquer finish. You're Like you said, you don't know what the wood's going to look like underneath. Well, it's going to look like a mahogany, but either way, then you've got to shoot the finish on it. Uh, I, I'm going to say, if you're going to do that, just to kind of, you know, yeah, leave it alone. It's somebody said Todd says leave it alone. Todd Flowers, perfectly said, leave it alone. It's not worth it, buddy. It's what I'm saying. Don't do it. Um, there's no there there's there's in in ten scenarios, like if I'm looking in the future with a magical uh crystal ball, there's ten scenarios, there's only eight. No. There's eight scenarios where you end up unhappy and there's two when you end up happy. And that's from personal experience watching it be done so many times. So I would stay away from it. I understand if you're fully determined to do it, but if you're fully determined about do it, you wouldn't be asking me. So because you're asking me, I'm telling you, don't do it. That's what I would tell my, my close friend if they asked me. I'm telling you that like a close friend. Joseph says, Phil, what's your thoughts on the Eric Johnson Strat and would you ever buy an artist signature Strat? Uh, yes and yes. Um, uh, the Eric Johnson Strat. You know what's funny about the Eric Johnson Strat is I, it's my favorite artist Strat, without a doubt. And I have to admit, I constantly ask myself, what is the logic behind the fact that I have the John Mayer Silver Sky over the Eric Johnson Strat when I think the Eric Johnson Strat's a better guitar? It's kind of an interesting thing. Sometimes, I have to understand, and I try to, I try, that's why I love having this live show every week. This live show is so that as a community, we can talk, help me keep grounded, and help me understand you guys, help you understand me, and make content that hopefully is about gear and guitars and not about YouTube-ness. YouTube-ness happens, right? Uh, what I mean by that is some brands exist just because YouTube promotes it, right? I'm a YouTube channel, gear is sent to me. We I promote it because it's I'm excited about gear. You know, uh, the the truth is if I went to a gas station and had guitars there, I'd check out guitars. So my point to this is, is sometimes I wonder about the Silver Sky in that if it wasn't so prom- promoted heavily, would I be as interested in it? The The Silver Sky became interesting to me as a guitar because it was my first lesson in YouTube of what I would call the um, comments don't align with the sentiment. And what I mean by that is when I did, when I, when the Silver Sky popped, it was the first thing, first product on YouTube for me. I've experienced that two or three times, but that was the first one where everyone had such a hard line on that guitar. Like everybody was either anti that guitar. So if I brought it up, it was like, if, you know, anytime it came up, it was so, so like everybody was so over the top about how anti the guitar they were. And then some people were really for the guitar. And the reason why I say that was an interesting product was because I want to remember about the John Mayer Strat, the Silver Sky, which there's one behind me somewhere. That's my square. <laughs> Yeah, it's out of view, but it's right there. Um, my point is everybody, uh, 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 everybody, uh, said, you know, they hated it and it's like one of the best selling PRSs of all time. So it was, um, my, my point is, is that it was a really interesting kind of experience for me to go, okay, so why was the reaction so over the top anti a guitar, but yet so many people bought it? It was a strange experience. I hadn't seen that before. Usually when somebody hate, when the, when the, when the guitar community doesn't like something, um, it basically doesn't do well sales wise, right? (laughs) you know uh like the robo tuna guitars you know right everybody didn't like those and they didn't sell well usually when the internet says or the guitar community says they don't like something it doesn't sell very well the john Mayer was the exact opposite of that and what i learned from that was not everybody who comments is not so much they don't know what they're talking about it's just not everybody comments is really saying what they really feel so they're just saying things so um uh so, uh, anyways, my point is, uh, to that, uh, story is, uh, I wonder sometimes if I got drawn into that too, because I like the guitar so much, but it's, is it because it was all that, that stuff. So that ties back to the story about the, the Eric Johnson strat, which is it's man, it's an amazing guitar. It's, it's one of those ones. Every time it comes up, I always wonder why I don't, uh, why I don't have one. I don't know why I don't have one. Like I said, it's all, definitely one of my favorite artist strats, uh, from, from Fender for sure. Definitely one of my favorite strats um so there you go and if you think about getting one i would recommend it okay uh i saw hold on (laughs) anthony says Does anyone else think the Silver Sky should only be silver? Well, mine's silver, and that's why I got it, because it's called Silver Sky. I'm not kidding. I I liked all the colors, but I got silver, because I was like, well, it's called the Silver Sky. Pete says, great question, or great comic." Pete. He says, I like the Silver Sky, but I would never own a signature guitar. Signature guitar. Um, Yeah, I understand that philosophy. Uh, You know, think of it, there was a time those of us older players will know this. There was a time when no one bought signature guitars, like no one. Remember like there was a time you wouldn't buy an Eddie Van Halen signature guitar because people would expect you to play like Eddie Van Halen, you know? Um, But I think what happened is signature guitars started breaking barriers and that's how it works. Um, and so there's things I'll tell you what, sometimes I'm not, I, I get a little confused on with signature guitars. Sometimes I'm confused by signature guitars that are not different. Um, here's what I mean by that. The Petrucci guitar behind me is a signature guitar, but it's the only one like that in the Music Man catalog. Like if you want that guitar with the piezo system and, uh, you know, it's that guitar. Uh, I have a Nuno N4. That guitar is very unique. A little bit less now because now, uh, you know, Washburn has a lot of those uh, kind of style guitars in their series, but essentially it's a unique guitar. Um, so some of the guitars that are signature are very unique and I think that's interesting. But yeah, it gets a little confusing sometimes when the signature guitar is A different color than another guitar or just a different pickup. That gets a little strange for me, but, um, really, I think it's partly, we just really like the, the, the artist, right? Sometimes they just like the guitar. Um, I don't know. Hold on. Okay. Hold on a second. Uh, Sean says, I want an EBH Wolfgang. When did you get your first Floyd Rose and how hard was it to really maintain if you keep it in say E flats, especially, uh, Floyd Roses are great because once you set them up, you just get kind of done. So my first Floyd Rose was, uh, well, my first Floyd Rose was not a Floyd Rose. My first, uh, Floyd Rose tremolo was a fake Floyd Rose, uh, literally a fake one. Uh, that came on an Aria Pro guitar. My first, my first, my first guitar was a JB player, and then my first, my second guitar, uh, which I call my real guitar, was an Aria Pro two, and it had uh, a, a fake Floyd Rose in it. And then after that, I got the uh, uh, Ibanez RG seven seventy, which had their low pro tremolo, which is like a, a t- type of Floyd Rose. Um, but um, I, I, I am one of the few, definitely the few out there that doesn't have a weird floyd rose problem like oh i only play the german ones and all the other ones are junk look floyd rose bridges to me um i i kind of come across this i've replaced a you know a thousand of them for customers but me personally i like the german ones the schaller ones um my nuno in four has a schaller some of my guitars have german ones some of my guitars have import ones the korean made ones um i never replace the bridge uh i'll replace the blocks i'll replace the trim arm um They're fine. Uh, the biggest complaint is that people say that basically the cheaper Floyd roses, the, um, the blades on them, they wear and dent and then the trim load doesn't work as right. I don't know. I mean, I, I, it's, I'll tell you the only thing I don't like about the cheaper Floyd roses is a lot of the parts on them don't move smoothly right they're a little rough and a little tight and a little weird but i've really had very few problems setting them oops sorry setting them up as a whole um for what they're gonna do i find that if you're really trying to push the Floyd rose to the edge of of what it can do yeah you may want to buy a a nicer one but for most players if you just want to use it like a normal uh, tremolo and here's why i say that too i think cheap floyd rose bridges sound and play a little better than mid-priced non floyd rose bridges in other words so So that's, I don't know. So that's my opinion on that. The only problem about Floyd Rose, which is why I made the how to live with your Floyd Rose when you don't like it video is a lot of players don't want to put the time into it. Floyd Rose is about time. You put a little time into learning how it works. It makes a lot of sense once you figure it out. It's a very easy bridge. Uh, Most players, once they get in tune with it, can set it up pretty reasonably fast. There's a couple tricks you learn uh, that will help you. And um, that's it. But, uh, but some players as you can imagine don't have the desire for the learning curve of that so uh matt will says hey just wanted to let you know you convinced me the sg stays gold lol awesome see good i'm glad it worked out. <laughs> uh, uh, let's see um what else do we got let's do um hold on a second let me do one last question. I always say that, and then we do five. Okay. Um. <laughs> Hold on one second. I know I'm just reading through some stuff, guys. See if there's anything I missed. A lot of you guys keep... uh, When we're talking about signature guitars, a lot of you guys bring up Les Paul. Les Paul guitars... Are, is a strange thing because it's not so much a signature guitar as it is a signature it's a there's a lot of tricks on that when I did a a lot of research when I did the five things you don't know, know about the Les Paul video um, there's a lot of terminology used in the industry I think for the most part I agree with most of you guys that it's a signature guitar technically there's like a some weird verbiage where it's like well it's not really a signature guitar um, it's more of like a license deal or something like that and the idea that he, you know he didn't play it all the time I I get what you guys are saying. I think it's to me there's a lot of times uh, where I don't want to like kind of say I know what the reality of something is, but I think what we're talking about is the vibe. When you think of an Eddie Vane Halen guitar, you think of Eddie Van Halen. When you think of a Les Paul guitar, for some reason, you don't even think of Les Paul anymore. It's like Paul Reed Smith. When you think of a Paul Reed Smith, you don't think, look, Paul Reed Smith, the 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 builder, Paul himself, is an artist. He plays in a band. We don't really think of a Paul Reed Smith as a artist guitar. We think of his guitar as creation. So I'm not saying it's the same as Les Paul. What I'm saying is, is that it's how we think of it. Generally speaking, most players don't see Les Pauls as Les Pauls. And I think that's the argument why signature guitars will eventually might change. Because when you think of Les Pauls, you you start thinking of, instead of Les Paul himself, you start thinking of Slash. You think of, uh, you know, Joe Perry. You think of... um, Peter Frampton, you start thinking of artists that use Les Pauls. So it's an interesting thing like that. Um, what's funny is, is uh, like I said, uh, I was mentioning, uh, earlier when you think of Wolfgang guitars, you know what I mean? And like the, uh, the, uh, the access by music band, uh, I think of Bowling for Soup. You know what I mean? There's, there's artists that use the guitars now. In fact, the first time I ever saw a Peavy Wolfgang, on stage was with uh, Neil Zaza. He was playing it with his trio, uh, Snap Crackle Pop, with uh, Bill Dickens and uh, Bob Ro- Bob Rock. I might be saying. It. I thought it was Bob Rock. Could be Bobby Rock. I hope I'm saying. I'm hope I'm saying it right. I'm trying to remember the drummer's name. But uh, and they were fantastic. And he was playing a Wolfgang, a, a PV Wolfgang. And um, so I mean, it was weird. And that was a weird experience because I was like, wow, he's playing Eddie Van Halen's guitar. So I understand what you guys are saying. It's interesting. But I don't think most of us see it as, as the same. I think we see uh, the Les Paul is less of an actual connected to Les Paul himself as a, as an artist's signature instrument. But a lot of you guys could probably Google it. You could Google it and it explains why technically some say it's not a signature guitar and some say it is. And again, sometimes that stuff just makes your head hurt trying to figure that stuff out. I think I want to talk more about how we why we perceive what we see, not the. Yeah, Nico says. I think Slash. When you mention Les Paul, I think Slash too. It's just because it's going to be the person you connect with. It. I connect a Les Paul to Slash. To me, it's like he. You know, Slash is is more than just a guitar player. He's an iconic image. You know, obviously. You know, he's that top hat, that hair, his bent leg out that way, holding the Les Paul. You know what I mean? It's just kind of a look. Um, so the Smelly Cats Jazz. Hey, what's up? It says uh, I want to get a nitro free. I want to get a nitro-free on my Ibanez S771PB. I don't feel safe spraying it. Uh, What are some alternatives to get that feel? Uh, I should just go with the Iron Axion. I would go with the Iron Axion. I love those guitars. In fact, that's what I was uh, thinking about trying to get a review of next. Mr. Bill... Bill in chair says, which PRS 594 did you keep? I ended up keeping the S two. I did not keep the core, the core I sold. So, um, the 594 S two really let me realize that, um, I love the pickups in the core, but not the core. And, and the reason why is the core was a great guitar. It was just heavy. Mine was a heavier guitar. And the S2 really made me really focus on that because I really like the weight of the S2. It was the perfect weight for me. But like I said, I really like my Mira. It's just, again. All right. Hold on. I'm just reading some comments. Okay, on that note, I'm just Ah, uh, Mr. Okay, so Mr. Bill, Bill and chair says, Char Billinchar says, what pickups would you put in the S2594? I'd put the 5708s. If that's the closest you're going to get to that guitar sounding like the core, they're not the same pickups as what's in the 594 core, but they're close. Um, and um, so that's what that's what I would recommend. Um, a lot of you guys asked that if I would uh you know take the S2594 and put 5708s in it. I thought about that. I have that ability, so you guys know. I could do that video. Um it's it's just uh, you know, I gotta crunch the, you know, how much people want to see it. Is that's the trick. But so you know, i I could do the video right now. I could take the the 594 S2 that I have, I could record it get the audio off those original pickups, yank the pickups and put 5708 PRSs in there because I have a set of those and then AB the sounds and see if it makes a huge difference. I already know the answer, but I think it would help quantify it for a lot of you out there. And then what we talked about, you could buy the 594 S2 and those pickups, even though those pickups are very expensive, you could buy it for a fraction of what, it would still be almost half of what the core is. And, um, and uh, you know, that's, that's the way to go. Yeah. You'll have to let me know if that's something you guys are interested in. I, it's one of those things like, I don't know, I would be interested. In, I'd be interested in doing it if people want to see it. I don't think I get a lot of views, but I don't I don't think that matters. I think it's just more of a if the community is interested in the video, I have the ability to do it. I'm trying to do stuff. Some of the stuff you guys asked me to do, I have no way to do it. And some stuff I have. I have absolutely every way to do it. So it doesn't make sense not to. That's something I can get my hands on. I have all that stuff. I can just do the video. It's just the time in editing and filming and stuff, you know, going to make videos anyways. So, uh, okay. David says, and that's how we we'll end the day. David asks, he says, will you try any Lundgren pickups? Um, yeah, eventually the whole point of doing the, pickup videos is to, is to try as many pickups as possible and check them out. Obviously I bought a bunch of pickups, um, you know, and I, you know, I did a lot of videos with those. I tried to reach out and get pickup companies involved. Obviously it would be, you know, kind of easier if some of the pickups were coming in. Uh, so not all out of, out of pocket. And, uh, I had very little, um, interest in that. Um, I believe I just saw it yesterday or just the other day. I saw that, um, a uh, fishman reached out and said that they liked the video and they'd be interested in doing another video and, and sending me pickups. Cause I bought the last fishman's, um, and did that video and, uh, you know, and a lot of the pickups are easy cause I can buy them used. So that's what I did in a couple of videos. I bought the pickups used, I did the video and then I sold the pickups, the fishman pickups, I bought them new and then I sold them. So I took a loss on them, but you know, I made money on the video and then it kind of balanced out a little bit. Um, and, uh, I mean, balanced out as long as I don't factor in work. <laughs> You know, make a hundred bucks, spend 12 hours. Yeah, it totally works out. Um, But it doesn't matter. It's not always about that, right? It's like I said, that's what's great about this gig is sometimes, you know, it's uh, the support from you guys make this kind of you know like i said i say all the time makes this totally where i want to lean always to as much as i can do uh to the stuff that we're all interested in because you guys are supporting this uh thing you guys are definitely the biggest supporters i have is the uh is the uh community at large my patrons uh you guys buying the merch uh by by all means literally out supporting every other uh, factor i have uh when it comes to the youtube channel and so i try to focus on that as much as i can um So on that note, uh, the, oh, you know what, Mr. Iron Bodybuilding. Okay, so you're obviously, you might be new to the channel. You put, uh, why did you skip my question three times, ask three times. Uh, Don't, don't put that I skipped your question. Always just keep repeating the question until I see it. There's 560 of you guys putting, you know, here and I don't know how many questions are popping through, but more than I can possibly find. So I try to get to the ones I see. Um, you know what I mean? But it's just, it's tough. It's tough. But hopefully it was fun. I hope you guys had a good time. I hope you guys are ready for the weekend. I uh, hope you guys have fun this weekend. Play some guitar as always. Um, I have, I have a video. Hopefully it'll go out tomorrow. I'll talk about it right now. and give you guys a little headset or a little heads up on it on this cool pedal. This is something different that I haven't done before. Uh, Sweetwater sent me an alien. uh, They're sending out to YouTubers. They're sending out pedals to promote uh, Analog Alien. And they asked me if I would be interested. And this thing was so strange. I was like, yeah, yeah, let's do that one. Um, And so I made this little rig. What? For a video to show you guys um, not only what this is, but uh, why you might want something, either this or something like this. So um, that video... uh, uh, I was going to put it out today early, and then I changed my mind. It's going to go out tomorrow. So look for that help uh, if you guys are interested in that. This a heads up on that. thought that'd be fun. And as always, I want to thank you guys so much for uh, hanging out every Friday, doing this. This is fun. And uh, I guess I'll see you guys next Friday. And, uh, keep in mind, there'll also be a bonus podcast this week. So if you follow the podcast, you listen to the podcast, check it out. It should be out on Wednesday. Uh, again, it only goes on iTunes and stuff like that. Uh, and, uh, sometimes I'll release the video on the know your gear channel. Um, and I'll put a link to that. Uh, if I'm doing that as well. Hey, Michael Nelson's here, by the way. Hey, make sure always check out Harry guitars, big Harry guitars. So as always, all right, guys, thank you so much until next week. Know your gear.